What's up, mortals? This is Austin Myths and Monsters, here to learn you a thing or two. It's October, which is Halloween month, so for this month I've been doing Halloween-themed episodes. Today I'll be talking about the origins of the holiday itself. This year is pretty disappointing because of the pandemic. It was supposed to be the perfect storm for a great Halloween, like on a Saturday night with a super full moon that's blue or something, full-on ghost boner, witch titties everywhere, whole fuck ton of Tiger King and Harley Quinn costumes, and a full day to recover before work starts sucking your soul again. But instead, if you're responsible, you're staying in lockdown and throwing candy at children seeing how fast you get a Twix to go in a six-foot distance. So where did Halloween begin? The tradition originated with the Celtic festival of Samhain. Samhain was meant to mark the end of the harvest season and the beginning of winter, also known as the time of year when the weather tries to kill you. It was important to keep track of things like this because you couldn't just run down to the grocery store and stock up on frozen pizzas. You had to be, like, responsible and stuff. It was the start of the dark times, so you'd better buckle up and hunker down because it's about to get miserable. Anyone who likes winter better than summer is a psychopath. Samhain was one of the four Gaelic seasonal festivals, along with Imbolc, Beltane, and Lunasa, all of which I'm just going to assume I pronounced right and carry on. Big festivals and feasts were thrown in honor of the holiday, as well as giant-ass bonfires which are seen to have cleansing properties and let the druids see into the future. It was thought of that on these liminal festivals that the veil between our world and the other world of the Aoshi, or fairies, was thinnest. The Aoshi could be spirits, they could be fairies, or even remnants of pagan gods, like how Maleficent from the original stories was possibly based on Nemesis, the Greek goddess of retribution. That's who I invoke when I don't get invited to parties too. Just because I wax poetic for ages about comparative mythology when literally no one asked, and I got so drunk that I threw up on your cat, I'm not welcome anymore. It was a boring baby shower anyway. Hopefully Nemesis does the right thing and smites your ass. During Samhain, the spirits were appeased with offerings of food and drink to try and ensure people would survive the winter. They left bowls of food outside their doors so that the dead wouldn't just try and enter their homes and come wandering in and touch all their stuff. It was also a time when dead family members could walk the earth again, and they wanted to welcome the family so places at the table were set for those who had passed. This festival is also where the idea of trick-or-treating comes from, except at the time it was known as mumming and guising, and people would go door-to-door -door in costumes to recite verses for food. It's Ireland, so I had to assume the food was a potato. People thought that since all these ghosts were running amok, if they left their house, then they would probably run into ghosts. So they wore masks so that the ghosts would think that they were also ghosts and leave them alone, because everybody knows ghosts are idiots. Like, these are apparently ghosts of people, and you're wearing an animal head, hoping that they think you're just a normal spirit, too. I guess I can understand the desire to hide, though, when you got pagan gods running around all willy-nilly. Now, of course, there are myths in Celtic mythology associated with Samhain. Like, the portal to the other world is open. It's a welcome invitation for some wild monsters to come and party. So every year during this time, the creature Alan would come through to our side. He was best known for playing the harp and burning the shit out of everything with his fire breath. And every year he burns down the same palace, and every year they just apparently rebuild it in the exact same spot. So no one can fight Alan because he plays his harp, which puts everyone to sleep, right before he lights fires with his mouth. The Irish hero Fionn McCool manages to stay awake somehow and kill the fire breather with his magic spear. In a very similar story, Fionn kills a different creature with his magic spear who stole a roast pig, which is a way less crime than burning fucking everything. He chases the beast back to the burial mound where the doors to the other world open, and as he reaches for it, his thumb gets caught in the door. 
he sticks his thumb in his mouth, and because it's been on the other side, his thumb contains great knowledge, which is stupid. It's a different version of another story involving Fionn, where he catches the salmon of knowledge, which is a salmon that has all the knowledge, and cooks it for his mentor. He burns himself on some fish oil and sticks his thumb in his mouth and gets all the fishy knowledge that way. Bottom line is that Ireland's greatest hero really likes sucking his thumb. The holiday of Samhain also combined with two Roman holidays because the Romans conquered the shit out of Europe. And on an unrelated note, I'm great at segues. These days were Feralia, celebrated in late October when the Romans commemorated the dead, which kind of fits with the whole theme already. And the second was in honor of the goddess Pomona. She was the Roman goddess of fruits and trees, whose symbol was the apple. So next time you're bobbing for apples, just remember that's in honor of a Roman fruit goddess, and you should pay homage to her because you were able to dunk your head in a bucket of several other people's saliva in order to win a fruit that you could very easily pick up at the supermarket. Was this considered fun at some point? Like, my generation gets shit for being on our phones, but we never almost drowned to bite an apple a bunch of other people had already put their mouths on. Now, like every holiday the Catholic Church gets its hands on, they had to go and try and make it less fun. See Christmas and Easter. In the 600s, Pope Boneface IV, which meant that there were at least three other Bonefaces before him, declared that the Pantheon was to honor all Christian martyrs. Thus, All Martyrs Day was established. Then Pope Greg III comes in sometime later and moves the holiday from May to November 1st and added the All Saints Day, All Saints to it too, thus creating All Saints Day. So eventually Christianity had run rampant through the Celtic lands and the church had All Souls Day followed All Saints Day. The church was doing what the church does and trying to replace pagan holidays with church-sanctioned ones. The holidays eventually combine a lot of their practices together with the fun parts being pagan. Like how during Christmas, the tree, Santa, presents, and overall joy is pagan, and the shitty play about giving birth in a barn is Catholic. All Saints Day was called All Hallows, which made the day before it, All Hallows Eve, follow Christmas Christmas Eve logic here, and this day eventually became Halloween because language. When people immigrate to new countries, they tend to take their beliefs and customs with them. People don't seem to understand that geographic location doesn't suddenly erase years of teachings and traditions. So Halloween was brought over to America by European settlers. As the different belief systems began to mesh together, a new American version of the Halloween took shape. Autumn festivals and harvest parties sprang up, but it wasn't until like the mid-1800s when America had a huge influx of immigrants, particularly the Irish freeing, free, fleeing the Great Potato Shortage, that Halloween became a countrywide event. The Americans started adopting more of the European traditions of dressing up and going door-to-door, to ask for food. America tried to make it lame by molding the holiday to be about your community and neighbors instead of the fun stuff like ghost witches and pranks. So festive parties became the norm. Newspapers encouraged parents to take frightening imagery away from the holiday. Someone probably prayed to Nemesis put these nerds in their place. There are several lost traditions of Halloween and most of them actually have to do with love and matchmaking, which makes sense why they were lost because get that shit out of my ghost and witches. A lot of them had to do with young women trying to identify their future husbands because every sexist knows that the most important thing that, about every woman is the man she marries. In Ireland, a cook might bury a ring in the mashed potatoes, hoping to bring love to Lucky Diner who found it, instead of bring a fat lawsuit to herself because some poor girl choked on a ring hidden in her food. Fortune tellers used to recommend women write the names of their suitors on hazelnuts and then toss them into the fire. The nut that burned instead of popped 
was supposed to be the girl's true love because nothing symbolizes marriage more than burning the nuts away. Sometimes they threw apple peels over their shoulder in hopes that they would land in the shape of their future partner's initials or stare at egg yolks in a big pot of water to read the yolk or something stupid along those lines or eat a sugary treat and have a dream about their future husband. I think the lesson was that if you sling enough food around, someone is going to marry you eventually. Years later, they move away from community parties and back to trick-or-treating. It's an easy and inexpensive way for an entire community to share in the celebration. Also, in theory, by giving children candy, they wouldn't egg your house, which honestly just sounds like a protection racket. That's why Americans sense, and that's why Americans spend six billion dollars a year on candy, so little assholes don't fuck with your house. Gotta love the holidays. That's it for the episode. If you enjoyed, please like and subscribe. I also got a Twitter at MythOTD where I post dumb things about mythology.